broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I certainly think the talent is a part of it, uh, but also he understands it's about relationships. Uh, you know, and, and the best way to, to lead people is, is to work alongside them, you know, to serve them. Uh, and Trevor has, has seen that uh, both at the high school level and at the collegiate level. Uh, he understands that that's, that's the appropriate model for success. And, you know, he'll serve his teammates. Uh, it'll be important to him to develop those relationships, uh, and he'll earn their trust because he's a hard worker. I mean, that's what a lot of people don't see uh, is he's a really hard worker. He's driven to be great. You know, he's not a rah-rah guy. But there's no doubt about the fire that burns inside of him. Uh, he's, he's certainly extraordinary. That is Connor Foster, head coach of Cartersville High School, who we caught up with a couple of days ago on this trip when we were talking about Trevor Lawrence. No doubt Trevor Lawrence will be the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, and he's going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, even if Adam Schefter and everybody else wants to try to get the Sean Watson and the Jaguars to play ball for that number one pick. Uh, boy, Jags Twitter all over it again today. Anybody who suggests the trade for the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence, look out. <laughs> Jags fans aren't having it, Austin. Kuz, do you have the audio ready? Or not? D- Brent, did you hear Adam Schefter uh, on oh, NFL today? Uh, there should be cursing. Okay, let's risk it. Yeah. <laughs> there shouldn't be. <laughs> this was Adam Schefter today talking about the possibility of Deshaun Watson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some people fear imagination isn't real, but I tell them that they're wrong. Because whenever I want to play and pretend, I just sing the imagination song. Imagination. Imagine. All right, Coos, I think we got it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Because we don't tune into Adam Schefter to hear about his hypothetical questions. We tune into Adam Schefter to hear breaking news in the NFL. And breaking news in the NFL does not revolve around Deshaun Watson going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I broke it down yesterday. I'm exhausted. I'm not going to do it again. So, Adam Schefter, take note, please, from the Jaguars fan base. That is lambasting you right now on Twitter. And understand, I get it's fun to live in imagination land, but let's stick to the facts and let's stick to what you're good at. Stay in your lane, please. (laughs) Very good. Uh, Jags fans don't like that hypothetical of Trevor Lawrence going to Houston and Deshaun Watson uh, being in Jacksonville. A lot of quarterbacks available, a lot of good ones available, but maybe a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise to get Trevor Lawrence. He's been a big part of this trip and our discussions along the way on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. In case I don't do this later, I want to make sure I uh, thank everybody here at uh, Urban Meyer's Pint House in Dublin, Ohio. Uh, Justin and... uh, with the marketing team, helped us really get set up. By the way, I think I'm going to hire Justin just for graphics. Not you, Kuz. This Justin. Uh, Kuz has too much going on. And I'm sure Justin does, too. But I'm going to ask him if he can make our graphics all the time. Helped us promote the show here today. Uh, and for everybody here at uh, the Pint House, because they didn't ask to listen to us today. They've just been forced, They've been forced to, to listen to us today. I hope they like the Imagination yeah. song. They probably were singing along with the Imagination yeah. song. I would think by the end of the show, if we gave a big, giant OH... Well, then there could be a good reaction in here. Mm. Uh, so maybe we'll have to work on that. Don't lose that Wisconsin brand that you got going on with endorsements. Just going to say that. Yeah, I'll be careful about the pickle up there in Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm trying to help to you out, man. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. But it's been two years. I've mentioned the pickle 500 times, and I haven't seen an endorsement yet from him. That's because they know. They know what's up. <laughs> they hey, uh, they get, know an outsider when they hear him, Brent. I, I had a chance to catch up with Brian Billick uh, yesterday, and we talked a little bit about Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, and uh, I'm really interested to get his take on Meyer because, again, he's an NFL guy, and I believe it feels a little bit like there's an NFL fraternity that says, wait a minute, you're a college guy. You can't get it done here. I feel like there's a little bit of that narrative with Urban Meyer going to the NFL and being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Billick also promoting safety and shoulder pads uh, and how the game has changed uh, in the, the safety realm. So we hit on that as well. But uh, enjoyed catching up with the Super Bowl champion winning coach of the Baltimore Ravens, now an NFL Network analyst. And, Coos, we're going to try. Sometimes when we play the video, it gets a little glitchy out of that computer, so we'll just do the audio if that's the case. But we're going to give it a whirl. We're a video and audio show. So let's try to roll that Brian Billick conversation right now. Well, let's welcome in one of the greats of coaching, Baltimore Ravens legend, of course, and now talks a lot about football, but also a lot about player safety when it comes to football at all different levels. Welcome in Brian Billick. And excuse the background for us. We're on the road. Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati is the backdrop, Coach. I love it. You're not far from me now. I'm in Columbus now, and uh, that looks great. I love I love seeing the ballpark, and uh, that's great that you're uh, utilizing this time to get out. Absolutely. Well, Columbus, we'll talk about Urban Meyer in a little bit, maybe even yeah. a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, and, of course, about Super Bowl 55 on the way. But uh, you're promoting player safety, and it's become such an initiative across all levels of football. Uh, be, how are they doing in it? Uh, how Are we making advances? Is the game safer than it used to be? Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm very proud of what the National Football League has done in particular. Obviously, it began with the concussion protocols and, and helmet safety. Concussions were obviously a big part of the game. Uh, but that's how I got involved with X-Tech pads uh, because, yeah, once you clearly have to take the head out of the game, well, then you've got to focus on what, you know, the other part, parts that come with it. And as far as long as I was in football, pads were pads. I didn't even know what pads my players were in. It was just shoulder pads. But now, obviously, with advances in technology and, and X-Tech pads, we've taken the lead in that over the last eight years with innovation. Uh, Bob Broderick and Teddy Monica have done a phenomenal job. We're the number one pad in the National Football League. Um, coach, uh, programs like Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Auburn, on and on, uh, Notre Dame, uh, replete with, with X-Tech pads. And they're available to high school players as well, Urban Meyer. Uh, we introduced uh, uh, to him when he was at Ohio State to the X-Tech pads, and I remember sitting and going over it with Urban and showing the unique uh, properties of what this ta- pad represented, and he held me on for a minute, got on the phone, called his equipment guy, said, I want these pads. Well, 90% of the Ohio State players are in X-Tech pads now, so we're very proud of that and the advancements that have made in player safety via the shoulder pad. When we think player safety, we think concussions, right? And there's only so much you can do. I've done a ton of concussion stories. There's so much you can do to protect the brain and protect the head. Uh, But when you talk about X-Tech pads and especially shoulder pads, what kind of technology are we talking about? How have they become safer? And players want a comfortability with that. We still see NFL players wearing their college shoulder pads at times. Right, and that's the that's where we've been at the fro- forefront in terms of innovation, in terms of flexibility, lightweight. Uh, we now have a database. Basically, the pads are almost form fitted because we have a database now over eight years, and and the pads are going to we're going to give you are going to be based on playing level, age, 
height, weight, injury history, certainly position, all those things that should be tailored to an accounting for the tab. The pads were also a military-grade materials, uh, science materials in terms of the advancement materials have been unbelievable in terms of the absorption. So, yeah, I mean, these aren't your your, your, your father's shoulder pads, so to speak, because uh, like everything, I and mean, we see innovation in the games from GPS tracking to the way we use the iPads to, you know, every the, the training methods themselves. Players are taking ownership of what goes in their body and on their bodies, and that's why X-Tech Paz has been so successful. I've seen you at Super Bowls before. I've seen you at the NFL Draft before. I've seen you in your coverage, and we always bring up the Jags. We're obviously there to cover the Jags, and we've had a variety of conversations over the years, whether I've asked you about Tom Coughlin or Blake Bortles or who else. Uh, Coach, i got to tell you, there is a buzz in Jacksonville right now. Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick, potentially a game changer. Urban Meyer created actually more of a buzz than I even thought he would, although it seems like a buzz kind of higher, but it comes with some question marks. Let's start with Urban. What do you think about it? College guy going to the NFL. You started over in the college game, went to the NFL for a long time, but I don't think people label you as a college guy. Uh, What do you think about the Urban Meyer hire? Well, Urban's a brilliant coach. There's no questioning that whatsoever. The only qualifier people say, well, he hasn't been in the NFL. He he will adapt, trust me. Uh, obviously, he's an outstanding coach. He knows how to deal with the athletes. There is an adjustment in terms of dealing with uh, the pro athlete when you've got guys that now on your team, they're going to be 30, 35, 36 years old, three kids, a car dealership, all those things in their normal life that, that are a little bit different from the college. But Urban will, will relate to those guys very readily. And, and you're right in, in combining it with, let's assume the first pick is Trevor Lawrence. I think that would be a shock if indeed it weren't. Uh, he's come in at a great time with an organization that with, and, and that's usually the best order. If you're going to make a change at the quarterback and we're in a unique year. Uh, I've, I can't remember a year. We literally have half the teams in the NFL could be in the market for a quarterback. Uh, and and that's a lot of teams, both from draft standpoint, and it looks to be a good draft year. You know, you've got Trevor Lawrence and you've got Justin Fields and, and uh, Zach Wilson and the young kid from North Dakota State. Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple good quarterbacks out there and possibly more free agent quarterbacks than we've seen in a long, long time. So, so for Urban to come in and take over that program in conjunction with what looks to be a can't-miss athlete, and I hesitate to say that because we've seen this before with first-round picks at quarterback being a 50-50 proposition, but Trevor Lawrence sure looks like the real deal. And and I got to believe that uh, that obviously Urban's going to put together probably a mix on his staff of pro and college guys and start to build this organization back together. I, it's Everybody in Jacksonville has a good reason to be excited. Over the last two decades, your former organization, Baltimore, I can I think continues to be one of the envies of the league. And you can really feel it in Jacksonville. There's been a relationship with trades over the years, whoever's been the GM. And now it looks like Urban's even going a little bit after that Raven staff that John Harbaugh has. Uh, but I do believe that Urban in Jacksonville is going to try to create a different culture. And that's an overused word at times. Sure. But do you think it, it's needed in Jacksonville? And do you almost think the college guy can help create that a little bit more? Because at the college game, you, you do that. You, you are a culture builder often. Sure. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're right. It is a buzz term. Every job that turns over, it's okay. We need to create a new culture. And what you're basically saying, in my opinion, is we need to create an atmosphere where ownership, Management, the general manager, 
and the coach have the same vision. Doesn't mean you agree all the time. There's a you know healthy discussion back and forth, but there's a shared vision and a shared plan. And teams that have struggled, like Jacksonville, particularly over the last couple of years, there just seemed to be maybe a little bit of a disconnect from one to the other. With Urban Meyer there, there will be no disconnect. The vision will be unified, uh, and 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 they will be in lockstep together in terms of the steps that they're going to take. So that's the culture that will change in Jacksonville very readily. You seem like you're okay with the Urban Meyer hire. Uh, there's a lot of folks I feel like in the NFL that are, hey, this is our fraternity. You're the college guy. Is there that hurdle to jump over for Urban? I, I, I don't think so. Good coaching is good coaching. Uh, certainly guys that have left the college game and come into the NFL without NFL experience have not been real successful. There's exceptions to it, obviously. Uh, just like, just like guys that take over, uh, from a coordinator position to, to becoming a head coach for the first time and don't have any head coaching experience. That is a hit and miss as well. The fact of the matter is most coaches get hired in the NFL to get fired. I mean, that's just, you you know, the, the average length of a head coach in the NFL is about three years. So, yeah, in general, if you want to be negative and say, well, we don't think this is going to work, you're probably right because that is conventionally what's going to happen. Very few succeed. But Urban Meyer is such a spectacular coach. The fact that he doesn't have any pro experience is minimal. He knows how to deal with players. I think he'll have this organization, as I said. He'll change the culture in that regard. It'll come together very quickly. And and Urban's a good coach. He'll he'll learn to adapt to the clientele he now has in terms of his team. He'll get used to the fact that he sits there in front of 53 quasi-millionaires, and, and that's a different mindset when you're talking to a college group. Super Bowl winning coach Brian Billick with us here uh, for a little bit more backdrop for me is Cincinnati. And I didn't even realize coaches right down the road, up the road a little bit in Columbus, Ohio, as well right now. Uh, would Trevor Lawrence make you get back in the coaching game? Is he that wow, good? Does boy, he, he look like he's that good? He looks like the real deal, doesn't he? Um, I just wrote a book that came out in the fall called The Q Factor, which analyzes basically we used the 2018 draft. Because it was such an interesting, there were five quarterbacks taken, diverse backgrounds, diverse abilities from a Baker Mayfield to a Josh Allen to a Lamar Jackson. Uh, this is going to be an interesting year that way, and it's the process. Because at best, it's a 50-50 process. Uh, you know, when you look at the the list of first round picks that are a bust, it is now Trevor Lawrence. There's absolutely no reason to think this guy can't be successful. Having said that, there was absolutely no reason that Jamarcus Russell, Vince Young, Joey Harrington, uh, Ryan Leaf, the list goes on and on. There was no reason why those guys couldn't be successful. So, yeah, it is going to be a transition, but this young man seems to have the entire pedigree. He's coming with a coach that uh, that really knows how to develop and nurture that quarterback. Uh, boy, it, it would be a shocker if, indeed, Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn out to be a, an outstanding quarterback. Lastly, you've seen great offense. You, you love the game of football. Uh, I I think it's become a little bit cliche this week to say how great is this Super Bowl 55 matchup, but I mean it is hard to sign up for something better. I mean the greatest of all time and what Brady's accomplished is ridiculous. Uh, seems like Bruce Arians a really good guy, a guy you can root for. And then you say the same about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is just incredible. Uh, how good is this? Uh, how good could this be? Oh, spectacular, you know. And it typically comes down to the quarterbacks. What I think the difference is going to be. Both teams are, are capable of the big play, and I think it's going to be the big play that makes the difference. And how the defenses recognize that, Tampa knows you cannot play man against Tariq Hill. They learned that the first time when he went off for better than 250 yards. 
you have to play zone. You can't let them get in behind it. But that also means that you've got quarterbacks that can manipulate the ball or, as Hank Strand would say, matriculate, matriculate the ball down the field, right, with either their legs by way of uh, Patrick Mahomes or hitting down dynamic players underneath – Tom Brady playing small ball, so they can beat you that way. But it's gonna, to me, it's gonna come down to the big plays and turnovers. Who can eliminate the turnovers and and special teams play? So yeah, both these teams are gonna be capable. I think both. I've been saying all week. I think both coaches would make that deal with the devil to say, okay, I'll take a tie game as long as my guy has the ball in his hands with say about three minutes at the end of the game. I'll take my odds with that. I think you're right on the money. I'm going to go get the book, Coach, by the way, now that we've got a big-time quarterback coming to Jacksonville. you got to do it. The Q Factor. X-Tech pads as well. Keep up the good work promoting uh, player safety. Always good to catch up with you, Brian. Bullock. All right. Travel safe. I really like Brian Billick. We appreciate him taking the time. Hey, got to love the uh, modern-day world that we live in, right, from a broadcast standpoint. It's okay to do a Zoom call in the car outside of Great American Ballpark, Austin. <laughs> Nicely done, man, by any means necessary. <laughs> it's uh he was great though how about calling urban meyer brilliant coach doesn't think the transition is going to be as difficult as some of the skeptics think that was a pleasant surprise i didn't know how billick would fall on that but it seems like he's a meyer fan and thinks he'll the word that you used a lot when urban meyer was hired and i think that he just used quite a bit in that interview as it pertains to urban meyer is adaptability and he thinks Urban Meyer will be able to adapt. Yeah, and Urban Meyer has said that himself a couple times in interviews as well. I mean, that's that's the key word. That's the word that separates you from just an okay coach, a suitable coach, from a great coach. And I love the fact and I love the verbiage that Urban Meyer is using right now in terms of adapting, understanding the players, uh, you know, kind of cultivating the atmosphere, if you will. Like, Urban Meyer is saying all the right things. Now, can you put that to, um, you know, action? Time will tell, but at least from the from, from the get-go, from the start, you like what Urban Meyer is saying right now. Hey, would you, Billick uh, brought up a good point. Both coaches would probably sign up right now in the Super Bowl to have their guy with the football at the end of the game. Two minutes to go, three minutes to go. Who would you put more money on? If Mahomes in Kansas City has it? Or the Bucks and Brady have it? I mean, literally, I think whoever has the ball last, I'm putting the money on. But if I'm going to put the money down, and I'm going to say, what quarterback do I want to win me the game where it stands right now? If you give me the entire offense at my disposal, then I have to go to the Kansas City Chiefs just because I feel like they're too big to fail. You have way too many weapons with Andy Reid calling the shots. So give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think there's been like a frozen moment at all for Mahomes or for Kansas City like that I remember late-game situations. Now, the other curiosity there is how many times have they really been in that spot? And I don't know, just you know, right off the cuff. I, I don't know if they've had to come back a lot in, in the final couple minutes. It doesn't feel like it because it feels like they just plaster everybody. <laughs> you yeah. know, They might be down 9 to nothing early against Buffalo last week, but then you blink and they're up 21-9. to nine. So I just don't know how many times Mahomes and even Reed and, and everybody else has to be in that high-tense situation where the pressure is on them in this big-time moment to succeed. I mean, what's he, what's he lost, one game in the last 26 games? Yeah. I mean, how much pressure in the regular season has there really been on Kansas City? Now, you go back to last year's postseason, I think it was last year, and that was the 24 to nothing Houston Texans, and they come back. But even that felt like, bam, second quarter, they were right back in the game. 
somehow, some way, and they rallied from a big-time hole. Listen, It'll yeah. be interesting, man, to see Mahomes in that kind of moment if the, the uh, situation presents itself. Listen, and I understand that, but to me, like the Kansas City offense, it's just an offensive juggernaut. And having Patrick Mahomes back there, that's just the cherry on top. Because I remember last year, 2019, Matt Moore comes out, starts two games, loses one, but almost beats the Green Bay Packers as well, and almost goes 2-0 two, two and oh in that Kansas City offense. And in that Kansas City offense, he threw four Four touchdowns and zero interceptions when he was a starter for two games, right? And that's Matt Moore. I have no idea where Matt Moore is now. You put Patrick Mahomes in there, everybody's elevated. But like I said, I just feel like that Kansas City offense, it's too big to fail when they're firing on all cylinders. Hey, we knew we were stopping by Columbus, Ohio today. Said, hey, let's do the show at Urban Meyer's place. That's the reason why. What I didn't realize is this is the place to be around here. This place is hopping on a Friday evening as we head into a weekend that is freezing cold in the Columbus, Ohio area. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 rolls on. Take you up until 6 o'clock here on a Friday. The 500th show for us. Brent Martineau. Some uh, NBA play-by-play here this week. As well, right here on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Hey, hey, you're right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you look good? over like, are you going to make it? Yeah, man. I'm making sure we're all good here. Hey, listen, hey. I, I get choked up about the new lineup. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Next thing that's very important to me is that we build a smart football team, that we have a smart football team here. And I know we have the, the people in place to do that. The first part of that, the first part of being smart is knowing what to do. We're going to. We're gonna know. We're gonna have systems in place that are easier to learn. All right, complicated to the defense or offense that they're going against, or the special teams group they're going against, but easy for us to learn. Because when we can put that, because we when we can learn our system and we can get good at our system, then our talent can take over. Less thinking equals talent take over. But we need to have systems in place, and we will have systems in place to do so. You know who that is, Austin Lane. Uh, that is Nick Sirianni. Now, you saw that quote. Of course. Do you know what Eagles fans are saying everywhere? I'm They're not sh- saying the three-word fly, Eagles, fly. They're saying the two-word, uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sound Listen, we talk for a living, and sometimes I can't talk. But that soundbite from Sirianni at his introductory news conference is like, oh, boy. Is he going to be okay yeah. communicating to his players? No, like, listen, man. Yeah, like, it's un- unfair to do that to him, but it was kind of like, whoa. Yeah, I mean, I get it if Eagles fans are like, kind of, you know, what, what's going to happen now? Like, I understand that, but I, I'm not going to grill a guy too hard because he was nervous at his first press conference being a head coach. I mean, you, you can tell there's a little anxiety there. I've been there. A lot of people have been there. And obviously, in terms of, you know, communicating what the goal is, he didn't do a great job of that. But at the end of the day, I listened to Dan Campbell talk about biting kneecaps for, it seemed like, five minutes, <laughs> yes. too. So, like, listen, <laughs> as long as Sirianni can um, – get that message across better to his players. I'm not going to stress about it a little bit. It was just a rough day for him, man. That happens to everybody. Um, some people don't like public speaking, per se. Maybe he's one of them. He's got the spotlight on him now. But I'm not going to like put holding that to a fault and, and make fun of him, man, because I've been there. I get it. I'm very proud of you right now. You're normally not this nice. I mean, you weren't this nice to the mayor of Cartersville. Well, that's because he got the colors, you know, teal and blue. Or I'm sorry, teal and aqua mixed up. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a sign of disrespect. But I ain't going to fault somebody because they stumbled over their words and they got nervous in a press conference. That's not my style. Yeah, I have no feel for Suriani just in general uh, with the Eagles. And he's got a 
Yeah, it's certainly a, a big task on his hands. I mean, what even to do with the quarterback situation with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts? Which, you know, listen, if you're going to walk into a situation, those are two options. At least you got options. I wouldn't call that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does take some fixing and nurturing in that quarterback room to figure out who your guy's going to be. And then they've got some other issues, too, on that football team, depending on uh, a little bit too, uh, maybe getting a little uh, older. In some areas, do they have enough weapons on offense? Be a critical offseason, it would seem, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. How about the news out of uh, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN just reported that Matthew Stafford to the L.A. Rams, uh, certainly not a done deal or anything like that, so let's not get ahead of ourselves, but there's interest, mm-hmm. apparently. Stafford mm-hmm. to the Rams. The uneasiness of McVay and that front office with Goff certainly tends to, you know, maybe lend toward a little bit of change going on in L.A. at the quarterback position. You know, we did this the other day in our QB matchmaker. I just don't know how many people want golf. Now, maybe Detroit could be a landing spot because they're trying to unload big salary uh, with Stafford, and Stafford wants out. They've already said they're going to part ways, so maybe they go with a younger guy like golf. But he comes with a pretty hefty price tag, too. So this will be interesting, and, and again, just a report out there that uh, Stafford and the Rams could dance potentially. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I think the Rams are a team right now where they're, they're kind of must-win, right? They've sacrificed a lot of draft capital uh, to get Jalen Ramsey. They're built to win right now, and I think they could be, you know, a great quarterback away from doing it. Not to say that Jared Goff hasn't earned his stripes, but let's be honest. I think anybody in this league right now would take Matthew Stafford over Jared Goff. So if that's the case, and you, and you can elevate your offense a little bit, and you still have the NFL's best defense at your disposal, well, then you got something special. So I I think the, the Rams are going to exercise every option that they can to try to upgrade the quarterback position. Now, like you said, Brent, there's the contract of Jared Goff, and that falls on the Rams. You guys chose to pay him that much money. Now, whether or not he's worth that much money doesn't really matter. That's the contract that he signed. So they're going to have a hard time, I feel like, dumping off Jared Goff with that high price contract. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, I want to mention uh, what a career for Daniel Murphy, former JU Dolphin. Inglewood High School, Jacksonville, Florida's own. And we have such uh, a good amount of baseball players that come from there. You know, from Brett Myers, we were talking to Ryan Frio yesterday with the Reds. You know, you, the list goes on and on, right? We did a whole baseball show last year. We have a ton of NFL guys, Derrick Henry, Tim Tebow, uh, Bob Hayes. Uh, basketball, we well, just mentioned John Chaney was born in Jacksonville. Uh, so, we have so many good athletes coming out of Northeast Florida over the years and these, these decades and decades and decades. And I'm telling you what now, Daniel Murphy is going to be one of the best of all time in the baseball ranks. And that's saying a lot because we have a ton in baseball that have come from the Jacksonville area and gone on to do big things. And Murphy, I believe, is a late bloomer. Uh, unbelievable swing. I mean, listen, I got kids that play baseball and softball, and you don't know how many times I've said, go watch Daniel Murphy's swing. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of swing. 12 seasons, 1,452 games, a lifetime average of 296 over 12 seasons, just on the cusp of 300. 1,572 hits, second place finish for NL MVP in 2016, three all-star appearances, 371 doubles, 138 homers. I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers at you. And then that memorable postseason with the Mets as well, uh, which was really one of the most electric moments in Major League Baseball history. 
in the postseason. That stretch of home runs and big-time hits that Daniel Murphy had. What a career. Hat tip to Daniel Murphy as he hangs it up uh, in his mid-30s. I know the JU Dolphins are proud, but all of Jacksonville should be proud. Daniel Murphy, uh, one of the best. And I don't think he'll be top of mind right away. But when you say, oh, yeah, Daniel Murphy, damn, that was one of the best guys to ever come out of Jacksonville. Simple as that. No, without a doubt, and obviously you're probably gonna see a lot of him now because I think he, you know, he uh, he's part of an investor in the Jaxel Iceman. So hopefully you'll see him around the ice rink, and you'll, you'll see him around the area. He is a Jacksonville dude after all, and yeah, I mean that's a guy when he got hot, man, he got hot, and nobody could touch him. So congratulations on a great uh, on a great career, Daniel Murphy. Yeah, and uh, what I love about Murph is this is a guy that could always hit. He could say I could always hit the baseball square. But nobody really talked about Murphy that much. And uh, JU's a great baseball program, but he goes to JU. It's not like the Power 5 schools wanted him. And then he goes to the pros, and he gradually just got better and better and better. And that's why I call a bit of a late bloomer. I mean, when you take his best years in the big leagues, you're talking about late 20s, early 30s, really more toward the late 20s, 28, 29, 30 years old, uh, and, and still was able to do it most recently with the Colorado Rockies. So, uh, just what a career. I think it's a really cool story. And baseball is so much like that, in my opinion. I've said it countless times. You can be a late bloomer in that sport. There are a lot of players that hit their stride in their late 20s and and then early 30s even. And uh, Daniel Murphy was certainly one of those guys. And if you talk hitting, if you love hitting, Daniel Murphy's an awesome uh, guy to do that with. He changed his swing multiple times, and he changed it to adapt to today's game in baseball, where he knew he had to hit more doubles and home runs. And it was almost like overnight, Daniel Murphy went from this, you know, guy that could hit for average and play second base to now being this power hitter and uh, burst on the scene, of course, in the postseason. I love the story of Daniel Murphy, and uh, congratulations in retirement to Daniel Murphy as he uh, hangs it up. Uh, One of the stories in Jacksonville uh, today as well. Brent Martineau here at his Pint House on a Friday night in Dublin, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. This place is rocking, Austin Lane. Can you tell? Uh, I can hear it a little bit in the background. Yeah, it sounds pretty packed there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, this is a, really a nice place. I wonder if we'll get an Urban Myers Pint House in Jacksonville someday. Ooh, you know, maybe a little uh, branding platform, the Jacksonville Jaguars fans. Yeah, like, why? I mean, if you're Urban Meyer, I'm not sure like where the, the business of you know expanding falls on winning ball games and everything. But hey, maybe down the line when he starts having some success, why not? Maybe that was part of the deal with Shad Khan. Said, hey, Shad, we need more facilities. I'm going to need this much money for staff. We need to do a lot of things better. But I also need you to invest in this restaurant of mine. Well, and, and you know what? It was probably going to go in Lot J, but unfortunately that vote didn't pass. So now yes. maybe, maybe the shipyards would be a good possibility for the, I was the Urban Meyer Pint House. That, but I, I was over that part of the story. But um, maybe there will be other places to put the Pint House uh, for Urban Meyer. You know, it's interesting to me, man. I feel like we know Urban Meyer. Don't you kind of get the sense that you, you kind of know who he is? Uh, Florida days. You know his story so well. Utah, Bowling Green, really a great coach in the college ranks, and then most recently, of course, with the Buckeyes. So you feel like you know him. I covered the Gators National Championship against Oklahoma, and that was Tebow and Meyer. And we covered it from Jacksonville. Gainesville's about an hour and 40 minutes away, of course. And I really don't know no Urban Meyer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, we're going to get to know him. But I don't know him in that way like we know the Jags coaches for instance. But I've had two experiences with Meyer, and both 
outside of football, and I'm going to share them real quick. And, and again, I I don't know them enough to really say, hey, this guy's the greatest guy. This guy's you know, what whatever. People make their there's perceived you know um, options uh, opinions of uh, Urban Meyer for sure. But I have two experiences that I say, hey, I'll root for Urban Meyer. That was before he even got to Jacksonville. One of them, I go back to the national championship year, and Tebow's obviously a huge thing. So much so that we're doing national championship specials, and we need all these different angles. Well, the Gators, they don't really allow a lot of media stuff. So you come up a bit empty in Gainesville uh, on getting a ton of content for, say, two one-hour specials. And the we were doing a story on Robbie Tebow, who was playing flag football, his brother. <laughs> and so he's playing flag football in this league in, in Jacksonville. Uh, that will tell you how to the depths of, of the stories we were on the Tebow front. Yeah. But we're down in, in Gainesville, and Meyer gets done with his availability. And he's starting to walk down through the tunnel. And... I asked the PR guy, said, hey, can I get him for one question on Robbie Tebow? Because I know he knows him. One question. And, you know, the PR guy's like, ah, he's having it on. Well, Urban heard me ask the question. And he's like, did you say Robbie Tebow? And I said, yeah, I'm trying to do this fun thing where you kind of, like, criticize him as, like, the coach, you know, the flag football thing. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. You know, and he did it. And he did it. You know, like, you those guys don't usually do that stuff. And no, for it. sure, so for sure. I always, I always appreciated that. Well, then I fast forward a little bit. You know the Dream 18 we have in Jacksonville, uh, raise money for local charities. And the Dream 18 before the golf tournament, it started with we used to get a celebrity to play a golf hole in Jacksonville with a first tee kid and, and a member of the media uh, and also um, maybe the golf pro. And so we're at Glen Kernan, and we've been trying to set up Tebow. And I get Tebow set up to play on the Dream 18. Okay. Well, it's right around the time where he's having his tournament. Meanwhile, it's the time between Meyer is at Florida and he takes the, the year off before he goes to Ohio State. And we're in the clubhouse. It's a rainy day at Glen Kernan. And I'm waiting on Tebow to get there so we can just go play this hole. We're trying to be quick with it. 15 minutes in and out, you know. Well, Meyer walks in the clubhouse at Glen Kernan. And so we start talking to him a little bit. And I'm like, hey, coach, what do you think about playing this hole with Tebow and the first T kid? And Yeah, yeah. He's like, because we had this media segment, and he was doing some media stuff with ESPN. And he said, uh, heck, yeah, I'll do anything for Tim. That's awesome. And so those are my two experiences with Urban Meyer. And they're both That's positive. But the, they're, they're both very positive. positive. Yeah. And the next big experience I want with Urban Meyer is hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Enough said, man. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and maybe, you know, in person at a press conference, but yeah, obviously hoisting the Lombardi Trophy is important too here in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's just interesting to me, that dynamic, right? Especially with Gator fan, who you always wondered, okay, they're a little mad, all this stuff. And, and we've asked the question today about the Buckeye fan and Urban Meyer and that kind of relationship now that he's not coaching there. And I've always had those two experiences with Urban. And then I've always said to Gator fan, I don't get it, man. He won you two national titles. Two national titles. That's what you do it for. That's what you got to love the guy. They should build a statue of Meyer outside of the swamp, I've always said. But uh, uh, nonetheless, those are my experiences with Urban and many more to come probably in Jacksonville over the next uh, few years at least. We have one more segment to go on show number 500 here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're live from Urban Meyer's Pint House in Dublin, Ohio on a Friday night in Chile, Columbus.
think Trevor's looking for a place, uh, you know, wherever he gets a chance to compete, he'll, he'll be thankful to have that opportunity first and foremost. But, you know, at the same time, he's a guy that wants to give back to a community. He's a guy that wants to be invested in a community, uh, that you'll see him uh, be involved in charities. And, uh, you know, he's, he's getting married. And uh, I know that starting a family is important to him. And so I, I think that uh, certainly it sounds like an ideal situation being in a little bit smaller market, a place where he can develop relationships there in, in the city and, and certainly start to uh, plant some deep roots. That is Connor Foster, head coach of uh, the Cartersville Purple Canes. They're in Cartersville, Georgia. That's where Trevor Lawrence played his high school football. The legend of Trevor Lawrence was born there. And ironically, the folks that know Justin Fields so well here in Columbus, Ohio, could be the number one and two pick, Lawrence and Fields. Heck, who knows? They might be playing in the AFC South against each other for a long time if Houston does a deal with the Jets. Mm -hmm. But Lawrence grew up about 20 miles away from Fields. Fields played in Harrison, Harrison High School. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played at Cartersville. They were in different regions, they call them in Georgia, so classifications, if you will. And uh, they didn't play each other, which is kind of interesting. You'd think with those two big guys, maybe they would have put a game together, you know? and had Lawrence and Fields playing. No, without a doubt, that, that would have been must-see TV. Obviously an opportunity lost there by the by the you know the, the powers that be. Yeah, and I think um, I'm pretty sure coming out that year, they were one and two in the top 300, like the ESPN top 300 or Rivals or whoever's doing the rankings. So um, I think uh, that that was an interesting part of it as well. All right, hey, we're going to we're gonna give, uh, leave a little souvenir for the folks here at Urban Meyer's Pint House in uh, Dublin, Ohio. There's a bunch of Ohio State stuff. We see some Gator things for Urban Meyer in his career. Utah, Bowling Green. Well, now we got to get a little Jags in here, right? So uh, my buddy Martin from Palm Beach Autographs, the Avenues Mall, gave us one of these uh, flags to hang. And I'm sure there will be a lot more memorabilia and helmets and jerseys. We couldn't bring the Trevor Lawrence jersey yet. Yeah, couldn't yeah. get that far ahead of it. You know, yeah. so uh, everybody here at the Point House, hopefully they can hang this somewhere. And uh, we got a little Jags fever uh, along the way in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, come on. The Browns are OK. The Bengals are cheap. Everybody in Ohio, you're really gonna, be rooting for the Jags. OK, I was going to say, man, you're really going to talk smack right now about the Browns and the Bengals in that bar. Keep in mind, I'm thousands of miles away right now. So best I of luck to you and Stewart. I would imagine the folks in this bar, which, by the way, I still can't get over how busy it is. Everybody's, uh, it's hopping in here on a Friday. But I don't think they care if we say anything bad about the Browns or the Bengals. Just got to watch what you say about Ohio State and not mention the team from the north. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I mean, listen, to each their own. You know what I'm saying? I think we've been very respectful to the Buckeyes today. I even showed off my helmet where I stole four Buckeyes from a kid at the Senior Bowl. Only supposed to get one of them. Yes. Ended up stealing another three because they're tiny, and I wanted to fill up my helmet. <laughs> so, listen, I got nothing but respect for the Buckeyes, but you know where I reside. You know where I was born. You know where I represent. But nothing but respect for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, we had to save that until later in the show and tell all these Good folks here in Columbus that you're a Wisconsin guy. I'm from Wisconsin. We played at Murray State, so it's a little Let's bit different. At least you didn't play at Wisconsin. No, I didn't play at Wisconsin, but obviously I have the Wisconsin roots. Just kind of like you don't really have the Ohio roots. You have the Ashland University roots. <laughs> yes, I am an Ashland University guy. So, yeah. Hey, uh, how many people in that bar know where Ashland <laughs> University is right now? Show of hands, oh, everybody. everybody. Uh, show of hands, everybody knows who, where Ashland University is. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen one hand. Come on. Crickets.
Where are they? Crickets. What a, what a disaster for Ashland University. One bad woman. There's not one person. There's hundreds they've, of people. Never heard of park. Ashland University. Yeah, people could care less. I like it, man. Sad day for Ashland University. I got to be honest, when I was at Ashland, there were two things I actually got tired of. The Cleveland Indians and the Buckeyes, because that's all they talked about. I hear you. The Indians, they rang the bell. Yeah. And uh, and the Buckeyes, everybody talked about them so much. Kind of like the Gators down there. program, apparently. Now I like them a little bit more. (laughs) Until I get out the door. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, that's going to do it. Show number 500. Thanks again to Noah. Check out the video of uh, the last couple of years on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on our Twitter page. And uh, next stop, somewhere in Ohio on Monday. Make sure you join that. And also we'll have TV coverage tonight on CBS 47 and Fox 30 and all weekend long Action Sports Shacks primetime, 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47. We do appreciate everybody here at Urban Meyer's Pint House, Justin especially, and all the servers and managers that let us kind of invade and everybody here in Columbus, Ohio, that didn't ask to listen to us for three hours, but really had no choice. Go uh, Wisconsin, on Wisconsin, baby. Just Go give Badgers. them a big OH, baby. Go Badgers. OH. Go Badgers, as they say in Wisconsin. Go Badgers. Have a good weekend. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.